Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with head physiotherapist at the Huddersfield Giants in Super League, Dave O'Sullivan. Hi guys, welcome to the Pacing Performance Podcast. Thanks for checking it out. Today I have a guest which is slightly closer to home than my regular guests. Uh, actually lives in Huddersfield, about two miles from me. So it's Dave O'Sullivan, who is the head physiotherapist at the Huddersfield Giants and owner of Pro Sport Physiotherapy. Today I chat to Dave about his integration of physiotherapists and strength and conditioning coaches how he measures success as a physio, uh, his principles as a practitioner, and what makes him and his clinics, Pro pro Sport Physiotherapy, different to any other clinics uh, in the UK. So I've got first-hand experience uh, of what a good guy Dave is and what a great practitioner he is, and I know he's valued very much down at the Giants. Just before we get going, I just want to let you know of uh, the online conference that Strength and Conditioning Education are are bringing. It's on the 25th to 29th of March, uh, and it's an online conference, so you can sit in the comfort of your own home and watch some great guys from around the world speak on different topics. You'll also get recordings uh, of all the the speakers, so if you can't check it out uh, when it's actually live, you can come back at a later date uh, and check it out then. Guests for the conference include Mike Boyle, Nick Winkleman, Ron McKeefrey, Stuart Yule, David Joyce, Ian Piper, Alan Ruddock, you name it, there's, the guys are involved. So that's from the 25th to 29th of March and it's the meeting of the minds. I've put a link on pacedperformance.co.uk, so give that a click uh, and you can get all the information through there. But just, get on to, just before we get on to the chat with Dave... If you want to keep up to date with everything that's going on the podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at PaceyPerform. You can also shoot over to PaceyPerformance.co.uk and you can check out all the previous episodes on there. You can subscribe on iTunes and YouTube as well. And here is the chat with Dave. Hi guys, welcome to the Pacey Performance podcast. Really excited to get Dave O'Sullivan on the phone today. So we've got Dave, who is the head physiotherapist for the Huddersfield Giants in uh, in Super League. So I just want to get Dave to do a, a little bit of a bio on himself, so his education, his background, and what you're currently doing. So welcome to the podcast, Dave. Cheers, Rob. Um, yeah, so obviously the head physio for Huddersfield Giants at the moment. Um, about seven years ago, got my first job in sports yeah, with working with Leeds, Carnegie and Leeds Rhinos, and then quickly moved over to, to Leeds Rhinos Rugby League for probably the best part of four years, really. And then had a short stint over in Rugby Union with Munster um, in in Ireland, and then came back again for, for family reasons to, to the UK um, with the Giants, which actually that's where I'm. You know, I live. Um, we lived in Huddersfield now for for nearly ten years. So my, my wife and uh, and two daughters were were born here as well. So it was kind of natural um, to come back to Huddersfield really, and it just happened that the Giants job came up at the time. Cool. So you've obviously you've got um, a business as well on the side, Pro Sport Physiotherapy. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the the clinics, pro sport physiotherapy, and that that's 
that kind of originated with um, with Myron Jones, um, who's a physiotherapist with Essington over in Australia now. Uh, myself, him, and Martin Higgins, who at the time was Bradford Bulls physio, we you know we wanted to set up some you know a private clinic basically. So we all kind of came together um, and formed Pro Sport Physiotherapy, which obviously we were all working in professional sport at the time. So you know that that's obviously where the name came from and. Um, it's grown. Now we've got we've got a clinic in York and Leeds, and my own clinics in obviously in Huddersfield now at the moment. And um, yeah, just trying to drive that really, and, and make sure that um, that our values come across in the clinic, so that you know private patients and clients can essentially access the same quality of treatment that that we give uh, our professional athletes on a on a daily basis. Really, make sure that that level of care transferred over to the to the private setting. So who's the guy in Australia? Um, Myron Jones. Um, and, he, and he's with Essendon? He's Essendon, yeah, AFL okay. now. Um, so, so he moved over there probably the same time as I moved over to Ireland um, at Munster. And then Martin was, was in, um, stayed in, in the UK. So he's kind of looking after the, the York and the Leeds clinics. And I kept hold of the, the Huddersfield clinics. That's kind of where, where I was mainly based anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so you've and you've got an MSc in strength and conditioning. Yeah, yeah, just, just finished <laughs> that. Uh, this year, yeah, it was quite stressful last year. Um, finishing that, um, that was I done that three years. Um, distance learning at St Mary's University, which obviously you know well. Um, that that was good. Um, quite a lot of work and kind of really made me probably better critique and evidence really more than anything, if I'm being honest, um, you know, and, and just think about things a little bit more and, and probably understand research papers a little bit better. That's probably the main thing I got out of out of that master's, if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a worthwhile experience. But glad it's done now, if I'm being honest, but I won't be too uh, quick to do a PhD or anything like that. <laughs> so, what, so why strength and conditioning and not physiotherapy as a master's? Um, well, I, I see them as one, basically. I it it's the body, the human body, if I'm being honest, you know, it's it's all the same stuff, how people are moving. You know, just because you have a weight on your on your back or in your hand, it doesn't change anything. And, you know, I take a lot of students and, and that's one thing that people struggle is when I bring them into the gym, you know, physios get a little bit mesmerized, whereas actually you're looking at the exact same stuff, you know, hip flexion, knee flexion, hip extension, knee extension just because there's a weight there, like the biomechanics and, and how people move, they're the exact same as um, as has to happen when we're walking, really, you know. So physios tend to, you know, they think they're experts at gait. And then just because one leg's um, not going in front of the other, all of a sudden we kind of get a little bit confused, you know. So you just kind of need to um, just take a step back, really, and appreciate that, that essentially it's the one thing. So obviously when, and then going back to your, your original point, um, you know, you can do all the treatment you want on the, the physio bed and all the low-level exercises, but if the lads go back into the gym and, you know, they're, they're lifting incorrectly or they're not using what you've been doing in the in the physio room or on the bed, then, you know, it's absolutely pointless. And, you know, I've got a, a phrase that I like to say is, you know, move while in the gym, move while on the field. And, you know, I think a lot of our injuries happen on the field as a result of, of what they're doing in the gym, if I'm being honest. Um you know, and, and they, they get stuck in these patterns that essentially predispose them to injuries, in, you know, in my opinion. So it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely vital, really, that we understand and appreciate movement in the gym just as much as, as on, the, um, on the bed and, and looking at them walking, you know. 
Mm, that's interesting. So just touching on the kind of uh, the crossover between the two, how do how do you integrate the strength and conditioning with the guys at the Giants and your team of physios as well? Yeah, I, I've I've always been really lucky to work with with good conditioners really who. You know, I, I appreciate what the SNC need to do and I appreciate what their job role is and, and they're under pressure, you know, um, by head coaches just as much as I am. And so I've been lucky to work with some really good ones, really. And, you know, they appreciate my knowledge of SNC just as much as I appreciate theirs. And I think it's, you know, I'll never, sit, I'll never pull someone from anything. I think there's always something else they can be doing. So, you know, if somebody can't do, you know, you know a deadlift or something, there's there's something else that they definitely can be doing. So I'll, I'll always give them other options. I won't just say you can't do this or that. So I think that works really well in terms of the relationship building. And then obviously, you know, we, we do have our disagreements now and again, but um, the majority of it, you know, they, they listen to my advice and, and they'll take it on board because at the end of the day, if the players aren't on the field, then, you know, that that's no good to anyone. So... You know, we're all working towards the same goals, really, and, and I think that's pretty important to to recognise. Mm. I, when I uh, when I put the little discussion points together, it made me think of a an article that Jason Weber did. Uh, and I've just got it up on the screen here. Physiotherapists and SNC integration is it possible? And the first line is the the SNC coach saying, "Fucking physio, stop me doing deadlifts with so and so," and then vice versa. Uh, you fucking we fix them. So that's the kind of two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it sounds like uh, sounds like you've got a decent mix of the Giants. Which no, no, we we have that joke all the time. Don't worry, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about that. But um, <laughs> no, like, and to be honest, I think they need to lift well. Um, I think they need to lift heavy, you know, and and they need to be able to to withstand um, a lot of force going through their bodies, really. So, you know, I I think it's absolutely massive, and I think. You know, a good SNC coach is is worth his weight and his or her weight and gold really. And and if you don't have a good SNC coach, that's going to cause injuries. You know, so they've got a massive part to to play in injury prevention. So, you know, it, it is all one. And I think it's you know it's insecurity um, on the physio part because as I said, once they step in the gym, you know, it's a little bit unknown. And when people go to their comfort zone, they get a bit defensive naturally. You know, that people don't like change. You, you know that's everybody that's not just physio and SNC so um, it's just getting comfortable with each other really and not getting defensive and actually listening you know and, and listening to what you're trying to achieve and what they're trying to achieve and you know ultimately you're trying to get the same um, to the same endpoint. Mm. So you've got an SNC who is obviously working doing doing his thing uh, and he kind of measures his success with stuff that happens in the gym and obviously that transference onto the, onto the pitch they can measure that success with the technical coaches to say he can do blah, 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 better on the pitch. But how do you as a physio measure your success? Because it seems that it's not just getting, oh, we, we haven't got any injuries at the moment. It, it's bigger than that. It's, it's because yeah. of that crossover that you've got. Yeah, I think personally, you know, I don't like soft tissue injuries. Um, you know, I take them personally if, if someone gets them. Um, so I, we, we keep pretty um, stringent uh, injury stats and not only that, but how many days players have missed training. So obviously, you know, especially working in rugby, a lot of players, you know, will miss training days, but they might necessarily miss games. So um, we, we track that quite heavily and, you know, we do our movement screens. Um, 
you know, we'll, we might do them four times a year. Um, we do our pre-training markers every day and just making sure they're moving well, really. And, you know, I get a lot of satisfaction from going into the gym and seeing them lift well, if I'm being honest. That's, you know, to me, that's good. Um, when they're out in the field, you know, we do absolutely loads of deceleration work with them. Um, and when I see players decelerating well in, you know, in, in on-a-pose sessions and stuff, I get great satisfaction you know, knowing that we, we've had a big part of that and, and actually been able to execute a pass well because they've been able to decelerate. Now, the coach thinks, oh God, they're, you know, why you tell them to go on their heels or, or towards their rear foot, but, you know, and they don't understand that and, you know, all you're trying to do is get them to load their hips in the exact same position that they want when they're doing contact. So, you know, um, stuff like that, I think is a, a, big, um, a big part of the physio that you can get a lot out of in, in other areas, really. And, um in terms of objective stuff, um, you know, for physios, it, it's just, you know, I suppose your, your days missed, your training days missed. In Super League, we get um, the University of Bolton to measure all our, um, our injury rates and stats. So we have to record everything, you know, every day missed and stuff like that. So at the end of the year, you get a ladder of, of where you are compared to the rest of the Super League. And, you know, so that, that's quite nice when you see that you're, you're you know, you're, you're up at the top there or, or near the top. So, so is, is that made public? Uh, no, just to the okay. CEO gets it and we get a copy and, and the head coach gets it. But um, yeah, the last two seasons with the Giants, we've been in the in the top uh, top three, really. You know, luckily, and you know we've touch wood. As I said, don't get me wrong, I'm not that naive. You know, in Super League, you know you can have one game, you can lose three or four players for six months. It looks a lot got to do with it. It's not, you know, you know, it's it's not just um, you know the the staff. <laughs> No, I wish it was all us, but I, you know I'm not that stupid to realise that it is. So you you mentioned um, daily markers that you look for. What, yeah. Do you, want, do you want to just talk us through what you what you're doing and why you're doing it? Yeah. So we do. You know, it, it probably. You know, I've I've got a big belief that you know you have to do the basics, extraordinary, basically, and you know I think sports medicine and sports science these days all these gadgets coming out you know it's actually dangerous because you get sidetracked sidetracked from what actually matters most and i keep it real simple um you know we still do our ankle mobility every morning so you know your, your box standard knee to wall test um which i think majority of people would do now um we do the adductor squeeze at 45 degrees um, with a, a blood pressure um, cuff and we look at um, shoulder internal rotation and we look at um, the toe touch test off a box so I don't I don't like to sit and reach um, I like them to be standing because I think it loads the, the lumbar spine a little bit better so a lot of our boys um, you know they, they'll have disc issues in their lower backs you know just because of the you know the nature of the sport and stuff so when you're standing and you do a toe touch you know, I think that gives you a little bit more load on the lumbar spine versus when you're seated, it's a little bit more of an unloaded um, unloaded test. So that flag tends to flag up better for me in terms of players, you know, whose discs are maybe getting a little bit grumbly that you may miss with, with a sit and reach. And that's something I wanted to look at um, at some stage was, you know, if, if there was any, um, any differences between a sit and reach and a standing toe touch test. The PhD, really. Dave, that... Yeah, not not for a while. <laughs> a few uh, a few things to do before that, but uh, but yeah, exactly. And um, we do we do those. We do our wellness. Um, 
our wellness questionnaires and then the S&C will do the, the hydration and, um, and the weight and stuff like that. So as I said, it's, it's um, the four markers. I've wanted to put in a few different ones, um, but the problem is you're not really going to meet, know what those markers mean probably for a year or two until you start looking at the stuff. So, you know, I kind of stayed with the with the four that I've done since I've, I went to the Giants really just to, you know, and I, I think they, they hit pretty much, I'd say, 80% of it. I think there's a couple of things that that did, um, they don't get, but I think for the majority of it, they'll, they'll catch a lot of issues. And as I said, you know, once you get used to your players and, and you know them, and you know if one player is down, that's usually not down, and that's that's alarm bells to you. Whereas you know some players are constantly down, so it's, it's just a case again to know your players as well. I think. Mm-hmm. Just uh, moving on a little bit, I want to touch on your the pro sport physiotherapy. I know, for, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the tagline is uh, "We think differently." So what <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's research. Right. So what do you want to talk to us about? What makes you different from from other other clinics? Yeah, just um, just the the whole body approach, really. You know, um, I suppose what's the easiest way to explain it so people understand is, you know, the, I'm a big fan of the eighty twenty rule. You know, and and I think that you know if if you have an injury, you know, treating that um, the side of the pain really is going to give you about a twenty percent improvement, and that eighty percent of the the, um, the issues. You know, I'm obviously modifying the eighty twenty rule a little bit here, but 80% of your success is going to be actually from, from different parts of the body. Um, and, you know, and a, a lot of people, um, you know, where the side of pain is, that's only the, the symptom. And, you know, we try to look at the whole body and, you know, starting at the foot right up to the pelvis, right up to the jaw. And, you know, I think the, you know, especially in the last kind of year, really, I've just realized the importance of the jaw to, to how the body moves, you know, and especially in rugby with, with the amount of impacts that we our players take on the jaw and the head, you know, and and, um, and the effect that that can have, it's absolutely massive. So in at pro sport, you know, we when obviously when a, when a client comes and we we look at a move, um, you know, and we'll do the tests um, that that we use, and then you know, but always in the back of our minds, we're always asking why, you know, why you know you got knee pain, why is your glute weak? So we're not just going to say okay, you need to do glute exercises. Well, why is your glute not firing? You, you know what I mean? What, why is that glute not loading as, as your foot hits the floor? So it's kind of, it's always going one step further. So, you know, and I, I think that's a lot of physios, um, you know, we're, we're taught kind of cook recipes now. You know, you, you go on the internet, you go on knee pain, hip exercise, and, you know, and, and I've been there, you know, five years ago, I was given hip exercises and, and people weren't getting better with knee pain and, you know, and, and but it worked really well for other people. So, you know, and, and that it's kind of just gone a bit beyond that, really. So always asking why till you get to the, the true cause, really. And, you know, you, you can continue to ask why pretty much um, for every answer that you get from the previous answer, if that makes sense. So, um, and that's kind of the, the uh, mindset that we're training our clinicians to be really is, you know, getting right down to the true cause. And, and in some cases, that's not more to control. It's actually um, your limbic system, so you know your emotions and stuff like that. And and um, without getting too deep and a little bit left field on it, and you know the pelvic floor is a massive issue um, for a lot of people. And you know, there's research that suggests that 
you know, if, you know, depression and anxiety and stuff like that, you know, that can affect your pelvic floor. So sometimes the pain isn't, you know, led by um, by physical issues. And, you know, we need to appreciate that as well. And, you know, and I'm not silly enough to think that we can fix everybody. You know, we can fix a lot of people, but there, there will always be one or two that, you know, that, that need um, referring out. And I suppose in a nutshell, that's probably what, you know, why we like to think, um, that we do think differently and that, you know, we'll always strive to get to the true cause of the problem. And, you know, if we think that we don't have the tools to fix it, then, you know, we know the people that, that can and, you know, so we're, you know, and, and we're not there yet by any means, but we're getting there and, you know, I'm really excited for the next, you know, this 2015, you know, we, we've come in contact with some really good clinicians that think along our lines, you know, other healthcare professionals that we think can, can really complement what what we're doing, you know, and I'm trying to bring that into the into the giants as well at the moment. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. So you do a lot of work with runners as well. Do you want to just yeah. talk to us about why you've kind of focused on that demographic and their needs and, <laughs> and why really? Yeah, yeah. Well, as so once Pro Sport Physio was formed, um, our first clinic in Huddersfield was bubble up and running a running shop. Um, so that's obviously where I I started working about the running shop and. Um, that's kind of where our first clientele came from really where naturally the lads in up and running would, would refer people up to us and then runners you know they're worse than rugby league players really and rugby union players and that they're absolutely obsessed with their sport you know so if they can't run you know that's a massive issue in their life so um, if you can fix a runner that's had a you know a particularly bad injury, then you know word of mouth will will spread quite easily, really. And um, you know, so I've been lucky to to almost you know accidentally fall into that category. To be honest, where I, you know I've been lucky to fix a few runners, and then you know word of mouth spread, and you know probably 90, 90 percent of my my private clients are runners now. Um, just off the back of that, so there was no, you know, it was just an accident, to be honest, <laughs> how we how we got into it. So there's obviously plenty of people to fix who are runners. So what yeah. what are the what are the what are the reasons behind that from your experience? Um, I think I I think a lot of it um, is their bodies just aren't set up well enough to cope with the demands of running and. You know, essentially, if you're running on concrete, that's a lot of stress going through your body if your body's not, you know, not primed to cope with it. And, you know, a lot of people aren't, don't move well in this day and age, you know, for, for whatever reason. I've got my theories on it. Um, and, you know, if your body's not, not moving well enough, then eventually, you know, the compensations will come somewhere else in the body. And, um, you know, runners are like everybody else, they'll, the, the training load's a big one as well, you know, the, the mileage and, and what have you. But at the end of the day, I, th- I think it just comes down to how well they move and, you know, running shoes and stuff like that's another topic that, you know, that you could go into. And I, I'm not a big fan of um, that. I think it's a little bit of a scapegoat, the running shoes. I think for some people, they're, they're important. But, you know, for, for 90% of people, they can cope in a neutral shoe once their body can cope um you know, with, with its own body weight, really. And, you know, a lot of the stuff we do is um, is just teaching people to control and decelerate their, their own body weight. You know, it, you know, it, it's not, um, there's no hocus pocus there or anything like that. It's, it's you know, controlling your own body weight, essentially being responsible for your own body weight. And I think a lot, most of the runners can't, um, can't decelerate their own body well enough, which is ultimately why they get injured. And from experience, you focus a lot on uh, on breathing. 
Do you want to just yeah. give, us, give us a little uh, kind of insight into why you think breathing such a, a crucial part of, of what you do? Yeah, well, the my kind of my PB run free kind of performance pyramid that I've come up with and, and where my head's at at the moment in terms of, of how to progress an athlete is and the diaphragm and airway positions, the kind of the ground, the, the ground floor foundation, if you will. Um, and why that's important is a lot of people kind of look at the um, the anterior tilt to the pelvis, you know, and and they'll blame, you know, or, you know, you're in anterior tilt and etc. etc. But I actually think if you look further up, it's actually the rib cage that's in the wrong position. And if you look at the rib cage and pelvis move, once the rib cage goes up. That drives the the pelvis in, into anterior tilt, so you know it goes back to asking why is the pelvis in anterior tilt, and then if we track it back to the rib cage, then we can go well, you know what's causing the rib cage to be like that, and then that goes back to breathing. Now, a lot of people, and again, it goes back to these kind of cookbooks. A lot of you know breathing is quite fashionable at the moment, isn't it? You know everybody's working on it. It's it's the answer to everybody's prayers or I've got knee pain. Oh, you need to work your breathing pattern. I've got, I've got um, shoulder pain. It's your breathing. But everybody seems to be focusing on this belly breathing, you know, and, and getting people diaphragmatic breathing. Whereas actually, you know, I think they're missing the point. If I'm being honest, in that it's not really about getting the air in. It's getting the air out. That's the problem. And if you look at the rib cage in an anterior tilted pelvis, it's stuck up. So if you lie on your back, chances are with your legs straight, you're, you know, there's going to be a big arch in your back, and that. That couples with inspiration, so inhaling. So your rib cage pops up when you inhale, which, you know, in my opinion, that's where everybody's stuck is the inhalation phase of respiration. So when we're when the rib cage pops up, your lower abdominals are long, your hamstrings are long, and your glutes are long. And they're the, you know, the three key muscles, you know, you guys, strength and conditioning coaches, they're your your holy grail almost, aren't they? That you want to get strong, but actually it's not the glutes, not the hamstrings, not the abs fault. It's just that they're in the fire because they're stuck long and tight. And that's uh, that's a concept I think a lot of people need to get their head around as well as the you know, there's short and tight and there's long and tight muscles and, and those muscles are long and tight because the rib cage is in the wrong position. Okay, so when we exhale, our rib cage comes down. And if you exhale and ideally you want to be exhaling, you know, I, my kind of rule, and I, I teach my clients, is inhale for two seconds, exhale for a full six seconds. And when you inhale for a full six seconds, you should be able to feel your lower abdominals tighten. And I've got a, you know, my diaphragm self-test goes through all that on, on, on PB Run Free, if, you know, if anyone wants to try it. But when you exhale for six seconds, you should automatically feel your abdominals contract. Okay, when that happens, you'll also get out of the anterior tilt. Your glutes will shorten and your hamstrings will shorten. All right, so if we exhale, then essentially, doesn't that solve all your problems? You know, we get your glutes in the right position to fire properly, and then we get your hamstrings in the right position to contract properly. So, and then also the, the lower abdominals can actually um, can actually fire a little bit better as well because they're not long and tight anymore. They're you know they're actually able to, to contract properly. Um, so that's uh, that's why it's so important, in my opinion, is if you're not breathing properly, then all the, the physical stuff then becomes a problem, you know, and that goes back to the pro-sport physio, kind of we think differently approaches, you know, is it actually the glutes not firing or is it because you're not breathing properly? And then if we look at why you're not breathing properly, 
you know, were you stressed the last couple of days? You know what I mean? And like chest infections are massive for runners. And, and that's an article I'm going to write for Athletics Weekly soon is, you know, the amount of people that come to see me with, um, with you know, where the backs go, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't like that term, but, you know, people, most people can... Um, can relate to that and you know oh my back just went and I'll always ask oh did you have a chest infection did, you know did you have a cold and, you know something like that previously and, and a lot of them will have had an issue either a chest infection or something like that you know in the few months leading up to it and I've, I actually have um, a bit of a cough the morning I was doing some videoing for um for PB run for yesterday and you, you know it's probably coming out now I'm mouth breathing at the moment so every couple of um, sentences, you could hear me in the in the mic on, you know, and, and when, I, when you breathe in through your mouth, just, you know, stand up, take a breath in through your mouth, have a, have a feel of what your ribcage does. You know, that ribcage is popping up, then it's going up further and further. Your abs are slowly getting longer, your hamstrings are getting longer, your glutes are getting longer, and all of a sudden you're in that anterior tilted position, and then you're going in, you're lifting, okay, you want to get strength, Okay, so what do we do then? Notoriously, is we arch our back a little bit more, which then further lengthens our abs, further lengthens our hamstrings, further lengthens our glutes, and then you kind of get that um, that spiral of um, of events that come on after that. So you know, and, and that goes it goes right back to the motor control system and the Olympic, you know, the emotional stuff as well. And when people are anxious and nervous, you know, especially before games, you know, and and I've worked with um with breeding coaches, you know, consultants with with a couple of players that that got anxious, you know, before games and stuff like that. And it's not just the general public that get nerves and, and anxiety, you know, sports people as well. And a lot of them will hide it to be honest. And um. You know, you know that breathing can actually drive a lot of problems. You know, on the physical side as well, like such as hamstring tears. You know, you know, I could clinically reason in my head why that hamstring overstretched or or overlengthened because of where the ribcage was. And you know, sorry, I've I've, um, I've gone a little bit there, yes, but right. that's a, that's essentially why I I think the breathing is so important. But it's not your traditional breathing. It's actually we're not exhaling correctly, if that makes sense, and, and where the airway is as well, you know, and, and that kind of goes back up to the jaw position as well. You know, the jaw needs to be in the correct position and the the hyoid as well up in the throat. So that's why I put diaphragm and airway position as opposed to, you know, just breathing because it's just there's a lot more there in breathing than just the diaphragm. You know, there's quite a few other things that, that have to fire. Yeah, you mentioned the jaw. Um I know a couple of footballers that have been trekking all over the country and going abroad for uh, mouthpieces. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So do do you want to give us your your take on on that? I know it's a, I don't know if it's a new thing or is it is it something that's just coming lately or has it been going for years or what are your thoughts on it? Um, I think there, it, it's definitely it's getting more popular. I think Under Armour um, approached us at the start of the year, um, but. It's like everything in rugby league, money comes, you know, at the end of the day, it's an issue. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But um, I, I think I can definitely reason why, you know, they'd, they'd be effective. But the, I think there's a lot more than the jaw. I think you're, when people fit the mouth guards, I think your pelvis and your foot has to be neutral as well. You know, and I think they, they're almost, um, you know, those three, the pelvis, the foot and the and the jaw need to be aligned essentially. You know, a lot of people talk to cranial bones as well, um, which is a bit more of a specialist area, but the jaw the jaw is absolutely massive. The masseters, you know, one of the strongest muscles in the body. And I had a player the other day 
um, who was sprinting and he just felt a little bit, you know, he didn't have that top end speed, fine accelerating. And then when he got top end and he's grinding his teeth, you know, so subconsciously he's he's trying to get stability for an issue somewhere else in the body. And, and we were able to track that right back to his glute max wasn't quite um, as receptive, you know, um, when, when we tested that. And, um, and, and we, we've had to do a little bit of work on his jaw. And like the jaw motion has to couple with every phase of gait. So when, when you push off your right foot over to your left foot, your jaw needs to go left. And when you push off your left foot going to your right, your jaw actually moves right. So your jaw is just like, you know, every other um, joint in your body and we need to treat it as one. And same thing again, I've, you know, I've had issues with players where they, they couldn't rotate um, to the left and, you know, their pterygoid on the right side was tight, which meant their jaw couldn't translate to the left. So, you know, and, and when your jaw is not working properly, I always kind of, you know, explain to clients like it's a red light. So your nervous system has a red light there. So you guys as strength and conditioning coaches, if you want that PB in a, a one rep max, you need all green lights on. So you need everything to be firing on that um, on that particular day in order to get the, the lifts right. And, you know, if something's out of alignment, that's essentially why players, you know, um, athletes fail. You know, that's why they're not, they can't um, hit that extra one or two kg on the plate because their nervous system stopping them. It's nothing else, you know, and, and we've heard these stories about, you know, the, the absolute um, max strength um, kind of theories as well. And, you know, you, you hear these people of, of lifting um, cars off babies and stuff like that. So we, we can all do it, but it's just the, the nervous system sends red light. And I think the jaw is a big one to, to send that red light a lot that, you know, and again, it's like everything we, as physios, we're not trained in the jaw. You know, it's it's a specialist area, and you know, you know, I'm slowly getting more comfortable with it now, and I can, you know, I can see the impact on the whole body. Luckily, but it's taken me a few years to be where I'm at now. And again, it goes into that, you know, the unknown where you know you're not really sure about it. it's change, and, and people get a little bit defensive. But once you understand that it's massive, and um, we're working um, quite closely with a few dentists at the moment as well now, and you know, they're, they're just blowing our minds in terms of, um, you know, the teeth as well and, and the effect that the teeth can have on the jaw, which can have on on, um, on performance. And, you know, you hear these, I think Van Persie or someone had his wisdom to take, you know, for a hamstring and, and stuff like that. And whereas actually when you look at the jaw, the effect that that's had on the jaw position, right down the fashion chain, you know, and you go into your anatomy trains, Tom Meyer's stuff, which... A lot of SNC coaches are a little bit more comfortable discussing that. You can actually reason why that tooth, you know, caused a hamstring injury. And, you know, it, it's not actually a medical mystery once you can understand mechanics and you understand the nervous system and you, you understand the body really, you know. Mm. No, that's really interesting. Um, you mentioned it a couple of times, um, just to round up, because I've kept you for just over half an hour, but PB run free. Do you want to just give us a bit of a, a plug for PB Run Free? What's it about and where can people, yeah. check, it, where can people check it out? So, yeah, I mean, the website's pbrunfree.com um, and it's it's basically the online resource uh, for pro sport physiotherapy kind of running department, if, if you will, really. And, you know, I've wrote a lot of articles for Athletics Weekly in the last kind of four or five years. So just somewhere nice to, to put, um, put all my stuff, really, and... And, and put a lot of this information out there, really. And, you know, and you know, I get a lot of emails because of the articles I read, uh, wrote on Lex Weekly from kind of runners from all parts of the country, really, in the UK and, and even some in Ireland that, 
you know, they, they're really struggling with issues and it's just making people aware that, you know, there is help out there and, and you can sort issues. So, you know, if you're struggling, you can't get this calf keeps tearing or this calf keeps tightening when you're running, you know, there is help out there and, you know, just trying to educate people really. And, and running is, it's not that complicated in that, you know, it's pretty linear. And if we, at the end of the day, if we control your, your body weight as your foot hits the floor, get all your, your elastic bands, as I call them, loading, taking up the slack. So basically then to transfer the, um, the, um, the energy through to the fascial systems and then we explode as the foot pushes off. You know, if we can do that, then, you know, you're going to be a lot more efficient. You're going to be using elastic energy versus using muscles to, to propel you off. So, um, and, you know, just try to educate people on that really and, and you know, show how the, how the body works and, you know, how, uh, how, how easy it is once you, you, um, you get told it or, or, you know, or you understand it that actually, you know, that calf pain could be coming from, from somewhere else in the body and, you know, don't give up running just because, you know, um, the glute exercises didn't help, you, you know what I mean? So that, that's what that was all about. And, um, we've set up, um, like a little inner circle as well, um, where basically all our, our online exercises that we use, um, at ProSport Physio. So I'll put them all them into a little membership website as well. It's, it's only a 10 or a month or something, um, at the moment. And that's basically got all the kind of my performance pyramid. So again, the exercises that we use for the diaphragm and airway, and then going, going right up, you know, going into the kind of the more isometric stuff and then going into conscious gate recruitment and then subconscious gate ultimately, which is that's where we where we want the runners to be the top of the list is being able to load the muscles without having to think about it. And, and you know, that's the same in, in rugby as well. That's where I need to get players so that they can activate the group without to physically think about it. You know, and it happens on demand, you know, in the various situations, you know, when my my torso is going right where my torso is going left and, and you know, my, my head's going in opposite direction because very often they'll end up in those positions. Mm. Well, that's, that's interesting. So you've got a couple of things coming up over the next couple of months, things that have been released on PB Run Free. Yeah, so, I mean, to be honest, it's just getting going, really. Um, the, the website, pbrunfree.com, and then there's pbrunfreeinnercircle.info, which is essentially the inner circle. So just launched that, really. And um, as I said, it, it, you know, it, although it's aimed at runners, just because of that's the kind of clientele we, we focus on, you know, all, all the exercises and stuff like that, you can, you know, they're, they're the exact same ones I use for rugby and, you, you know, the um, you know, multitude sports and all the exercises, it goes back to what I said at the start. It's just about getting the body moving well, you know, so, so it does there for everyone. And um, we just recorded um, our high performance program as well, which um, I'm, I'm just testing that on a few high level athletes at the moment. So there's various um, athletes actually trialing it and um, that's going to be released in, uh, I'd say in two or three months, really. And that's kind of a six week program where, I've sat there, and that, that's for healthy individuals. So I've kind of sat down and, and answered the question, right, if I had six weeks with an athlete and I had 15 minutes a day with them before they've done their sport, what would I do progressively in, in the six weeks? And, and I've kind of answered that question on paper. Um, it's um, 42 days of, of progressions, really. And I take people through the, the performance pyramid of, you know, the first weeks of diaphragm and airway, you know, really, you know it, it's a bit of a cheesy word, but really trying to bulletproof 
your your body really, you know, bulletproof that foundation of the diaphragm, bulletproof the next layer, the you know, the electricity to key muscles, that's what I call it. Um, and then bulletproofing the rest of them so that when your foot hits the floor, every joint, every muscle, you know, they're all working as one, um, helping you to load and explode essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so yeah, so that's coming up um I'd say two or three months, but yeah, just visit the site and sign up to the, the mailing list and I'll let you know, as I said, you might, uh, might have a chat about that sometime. Yeah, definitely get you on again when it's uh, when it's all up and running, Mob, I'll chat about it. Spot on. So where, can, where else can people get in touch with you? So you've got Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of thing? Yeah, um, I can't remember my Twitter name, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, I think it's Davey O'Sullivan, D-A-V-E-Y. Or Sullivan, I think it is. Um, or yeah, or pro sport physiotherapy Huddersfield. Um, my clinic website's physiohuddersfield.co.uk. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you get me at uh, at pbrunfree.com, anyways, um, my email address is dave at prosportphysiotherapy.co.uk. So if anyone's any questions about that, um, be more than happy to answer them there. Cool, and all the links will be on your PB Run Free website anyway, what are they for Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the the Twitter for PB Run Free is PB Run Free, at PB Run Free, and then the Facebook's PB Run Free. So yeah. cool. and they're pretty easy to, to find, yeah. No, that's cool. So it's coming up 40 minutes, Dave, and I'll uh, I'll let you go. But thanks very much no for worries. your time. It's oh, been, pleasure. Uh, been very interesting, really interesting. So I will um, I'll probably catch you at the clinic. <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> all right, mate. I will speak to you soon, mate. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out the Pace of Performance podcast. I'd really encourage you to check out Dave's website and see what kind of stuff he's got going on. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pace of Performance podcast on iTunes and YouTube, and you can keep up to date with everything that's going on the podcast at paceyperformance.co.uk and follow me on Twitter at paceyperform. And I will see you in the next episode.